From the dry hills of Santa Clarita, California, it's time for America's least listened to podcast. It's Christianese with your blessing-filled hosts, Jared Burkholder, Dan Satchoff, and Brian Irwin. I, I got to teach you how to do podcasting. Well, I know. Someday. You've done nothing. He asked me how to do all this. Every all, Everything I told him to do, he's doing none of it, just so you know. He's not doing... Wait, a, you got, did you no. tell him to get that box? No, I did not. Okay. No, that's not it. He's using a different program. He's using a different box. He's using... He's got some microphone from Match Game from the hey, 1970s. Hey, everybody. This is Gene Rayburn. Blank. Welcome to Christianese. Blank. You probably heard a little bit of that up at the top there. Okay, Dan, so it's, Dan it, met Jesus on blank. Uh, on okay. blank. And Jared. now we have some theme music that lasts for about 20 minutes. <laughs> then then uh, seven <laughs> drunk 1970s uh, stars that we don't know who they are, but they've all got great tans. Fantastic. But you recognize their faces, right? I don't know what you were in, but I've seen you before. Well, I, I recognize all the their show. faces because they were on every game show and every talk show. I never actually saw them do whatever it was that got them to that point. That America, I apologize. Just waiting for this to end right now. He's like, please. I just apologize for all these guys here because they're picking on me. And I think by therefore, they're picking on you because oh. I represent America. Oh, you are the everyman. I am oh, the yeah. everyman. You're which Willie part, Loman. Which part of this, uh, this setup is the everyman setup? The triumvirate yeah. here? I'm at the pinnacle. So that's where the everyman is at the top. You guys are the points on either side. I don't, I don't think that's true. I'm not really talking about how we're physically sitting. I'm talking about oh. the stuff we're physically using. <laughs> but if we could just start the show with a metronome in three. Okay, hold on. No, no we, that, okay. we're starting. We're in. We're already started. We're here, man. It's all about being real. Brian Irwin, I'm so glad you're back, bro. How many did I miss? Who am I? Um, three? Three? Where did I get? Yeah, I, I think you just missed three. Where did I go? We did one with Jill about what? going to college, sending kids to college. Okay. Yeah. Jill was great. And, and Jill went with them, and then she has yet to come back. She's yes. not coming so back. That's how, that's how you take your kids to college. You go with them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dan's actually sending Jill to Hawaii by herself. Like mm-hmm. what, next week? Uh, no, the 27th, I think. And then she comes back and asks for the divorce. Because yes. no one, yeah, married yeah, couples yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't <laughs> take independent vacations. I'm just going to throw that out there based on my past Wait, experience. We, how long have you guys had separate bedrooms, though? Uh, well, <laughs> ever since we watched the Dick Van Dyke show, we say. separated our beds. <laughs> you, you always kept a foot on the floor, <laughs> right, when you, when you yeah. slept? Okay, good. For safety. You have a lamp in between you guys? We have a lamp, a lava lamp in between us. Uh, hey, man, it's good to have you back, Brian, because we've missed you and our audience has missed you. We've talked to people like, when's yeah. Brian coming back? Yeah, oh, like, hey, you guys are whatever, but yeah, bring back was, Brian. That was, that was pretty much a false statement. But let's no, not, it's not. It's not. Before, you want to bet? Do you want to bet? You know what? Before we got on the air, we were talking about flashlights. None of them work in my house. You've got, a, you've got an emergency crank. I've got a hand crank. And again, I, uh, but it's it's considered an emergency flashlight. It's not like your everyday. I nope. use it every day because again, I don't have any batteries. So the other day, somebody was over helping me fix something. I was watching them because I can't do that myself. And I was like, give a flashlight, and I'm like, so twenty minutes. Fun of me. Twenty minutes like, later, you had light. I, how long do you three, crank these things? Three minutes. Okay, twenty three minutes. But when the apocalypse happens, now do you, it, do you have a crank on a backpack and you have to have another person with you like in the war? No, you have, have a midget. That, you, you have a midget you, to do that. A little person. It. Whenever little person I call an airstrikes, that's how I got is that, it. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay, good. So you also have that set up. Yeah. That's a different you call in the coordinates? Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, my yeah. dad's a flashlight man. He has one of those. My dad also has like one that I think was on a lighthouse at oh, some... I, I, he like turned it on once. I'm like, what are we doing with this? Like where... Who, <laughs> Who like are communicating we? with airplanes? There's people in northern Wisconsin <laughs> who, who can't see us. Where, where, who are we looking for out here? Because the NSA like sits up in their chair and spills their coffee. What is that? <laughs> looking at a satellite. It was <laughs> massive. And then, of course, we laughed and then we played with it because we were just like, this lights a whole stadium and then some. We're like, this is unbelievable. Oh but when you're 
when you're my dad or you're that guy that gets like the emergency stuff, the crank stuff, you're always prepared. These are the things you're looking for. Sure. Like that's your world. You get into that. You got the ham radio, the antenna. You're all ready for the apocalypse that's never going to happen, well, right? Let's I mean, talk that's about that. the zombie apocalypse. I just ran into somebody who said they just bought a generator for yep. when the next earthquake comes. Right. And that got me thinking, I am beyond woefully ill-prepared. I mean, no, you like, have the flashlight. I have the flashlight, and I think we have <laughs> got like the crank. two containers of juice in our garage. Do you, you guys, so you don't even have the water thing. No, do you guys like have I have, the, well, I have one thing of Arrowhead, like the big uh, ones big one. you put yeah, on yeah, the yeah. thing, so I'll be able to the just dump it. Yeah, if I'll be dumping it in children's mouths to save them. <laughs> We're going <laughs> to um, bathe in this water and then drink it, kids. But that's all we have. So the answer is no, we are not prepared. Prepared, Cam? Uh, okay, I used to have kits in the back of the car that I bought in the back of the car in the late '90s, and apparently that stuff doesn't stay good forever. <laughs> yeah, um, you have to cycle that stuff out. Yeah, so. you have to cycle it out. So I do have packs in the car, but I think they're probably you know they've disintegrated by now, including <laughs> you got the this water after the earthquake or before. Uh, I got it after the Northridge quake because I was in the Northridge quake and right. it scared the crud out of me. Where were you? Uh, I Where was, were you when the earthquake? Well, happened? Jared, I was. Um, I was in my bedroom asleep, and my cat, I'm not kidding you, 30 seconds before, she stands up straight, and she just was looking around, and I, she kind of woke me up. I was like, what are you doing? Do you sleep I, in separate beds from your cat? Uh, no, at that time, the we had just- one foot on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> no, so I knew something I, it, Something was up. I went back to sleep, and then it started shaking. It sounded like a train. So then I got all the stuff, but I need to keep up on that. You're right. I was thinking about a generator the other day, actually. Is that a good idea, do you think? Yeah, I'm, I, it's funny. This is this is probably the world. Hey Everybody guys, is welcome to right 40, now. 50 something guys talking. I actually have been Google searching uh, uh, generators. Really? Yeah. Wow. I, I just feel maybe like we, maybe we know something that we don't know, and maybe it's time. I'm the if, cat. If I'm the, standing up I was here. Say, if the three of us have been strongly considering independently of getting a generator. That's weird. I was going to say, I think it's time for us to start getting those generators. <laughs> Isn't that, yeah, maybe, maybe we need that. And then, and who am I kidding? I would electrocute myself if I tried to hook it up to my house. Now we got well, people we could that. call, called Wayne it's Cass. For, it's for a bigger flashlight. <laughs> it's, all it's a, <laughs> I have a one billion lumens flashlight connected to a generator. <laughs> Oh, just irradiating. Guys, we're going to be okay because it's always going to be daylight. Right. Okay, well, can this meth head please leave? I don't know what. How everybody he dig holes in the yard. It burns everybody's <laughs> retinas out. That's fantastic. Oh, my gosh. Jeez. Oh, Is it another earthquake? No, that's just the sound of my massive flashlight charging up. <laughs> Oh, no, Brian, what have you been up to since we've uh, we've been off here? What's been going on? Did you have thank- good Thanksgiving? Wait, let's yeah, see. We go all the way back to that. Uh, it was okay. We did put one of our cats down on Thanksgiving, so that Dude, was. I'm a, sorry uh, to hear that. I'm sorry. You know, well, he he uh, uh, he got sick real quick, Ben. And when they go down, they go down. That's we. The wife and I were talking about. It's like that's the hardest hardest thing about pet ownership is that you have to make the final decision. I mean, you know, there are some people that I suppose will wait for an animal to die in their house i can't do that like i, I can't have I the kids you know looking for mr muffin pants and then find them <laughs> right wake up you the know next rigid in a corner you know oh, oh. so you know you always have to make that decision but um you know it was the right decision to make it was tough but we we uh uh you know the, the kids were good about it you know we we went through the whole process say your goodbyes do yeah. all the stuff understand why it's happening you know the, the life lessons that you go through and it was the kids kind of, you know, they, they work their way through it. So it wasn't the greatest Thanksgiving, but it also wasn't the worst one. Because that's the other thing, too. As a parent, you're like, okay, well, this is the staining memory of from now on for every Thanksgiving. That was Thanksgiving Day? Yeah, it was Thanksgiving morning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, wow. you know, that, that, those are those things you think about in the holidays yeah. of like, yeah. okay, 
just yeah. survive this right. so there's no burning memory that scars them for the rest of their lives. Well, right. and again, we can't shelter them from everything as try as, try as we might to no, make everything. Wreck their holidays. No, oh, I got They're it. the kids. I got we, it. You yeah. know. But it, like you said, they learned a good lesson too because life uh, doesn't go on forever. No. Right? So that's. I mean, it's good that they, in a small way, that they can take a a little baby step towards. Yeah, them. and that's why you do it. I mean, usually it's not cats. It's usually goldfish and gerbils, right? Those are the things that live for like thirty seconds. So you're oh, yeah. constantly if that, teaching your kids yeah. about death over and over and over again. They live like less time than like that bubble gum lasts. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah, yeah. oh, and they're dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the and I know I'm. It seems like I'm being lighthearted about it, but you know, I mean, obviously there's a you at that time. Sure. It, it sucks, but we, you know, you try to you work yourself through things, and obviously I come from a find a way to get some enjoyment out of the we ma- were- I have I have what the, what's called the ma- the way I deal with things is based on mash right yeah the whole concept of the of the TV show mash was trying to find humor in the worst yeah in the worst in, thing in the worst thing so yeah. you put a dress on after that or yeah, yeah. immediately He's corporal clinger yeah yeah I, I just <laughs> I I we actually talked about it after that happened because we both like you you posted about it and I it particularly resonated with me now Jared's not as much of an animal person but I am yeah, and you and I out. specifically which is weird because like we're guys and we're stand up comics or started that way I don't I'm not as much I don't consider myself that anymore as much but anyway we like you cats you downgraded yourself during a story but yeah, so what but we like we like cats I mean I'm not really much yeah. of, uh, uh, <clears throat> working yeah. on my whatever. esteem whatever yeah whatever yeah I'm in therapy but but we and I know your the history of your cats because we spent a lot of time down at that building downtown where you found them yeah and and so that was just like it was great because I remember when we used to be editing things and you're and Boo especially yeah. would just sit there so cute with that fat face looking at us. But the minute you touch <laughs> Boo, man, he's like, no. Yeah, he only liked me. It was there were feral no. cats. So that was yeah. I mean, listen. I mean, that was one of the things that's interesting. Is like there were all wild cats that I had to break. So it took about two weeks to uh, train them to become just domestic. Two weeks and a lot of. Um, Anger. If you little cats when they're feral and they're mad are very scary creatures. They're scarier yeah. than anything. Right. Uh, yeah. Anything. They, that's. I don't want to have them put that in the Indiana Jones movies instead of like rats and you know bugs. Put a thousand feral, feral kittens running at you with their claws out. I'm gonna tell you that's scary. In that's itself. why you need a generator right there. Yeah. <laughs> Pick me up quickly. Get the flashlights. It all comes back. Cat apocalypse. Um, but yeah, and that's kind of one of those things too. Like that's two, I had three, so it's two or three. So we're down to one. And at some point it's like that. And I don't know if we ever talked about this before, but like everything is going to sound like, yeah, no kidding, dude. Everything in your life ultimately becomes history. Right. Yeah. Right. Like I went back. Like, so once that last cat dies, that was from that building and the building's long gone. The building's been renovated. They do all their stuff over there. I just remember um, feeling my parents for the first time when I went back to my hometown. I was like, I'm going to go visit my old elementary school. Oh, Closed yeah. down. Yep. Yeah. Weeds growing all over the place. And I was yeah. like, they're going to knock this down and it's going to kind of be here. And I'm going to be that guy that's going to come back one day and go, well, over there, you see, yep. I, when they're like, we don't know what you're talking about, Gramps, because yeah. yeah. there's nothing over there. So yeah, it's been story. a homeless camp now for yeah. 20 years. Thank that's- you, delusional old man. But you know what I mean? You start yeah. getting to that point where you're like, yeah. oh. Well, and things so, are just starting to disappear. Yeah, oh, I've yeah. moved a lot, and for me, we, John and I were talking about this the other day. We listened to a, an NPR podcast, and they were talking about the fires and, and how much possessions mean to people. And you know, thinking about what would you grab if you had five minutes to get out of the house. And yeah. John and I were just talking. I think for me, it's not so much possessions, but it's places mean yeah. a lot because there's a lot of memories at places. And yeah. Same thing. Going back to, I got to go back to my school in Mexico, and it had been totally transformed, and it was like this. This moment of realizing 
none of that is still here. That right. is all gone, right? Yeah. So I have memories here, but like this whole area has moved on. And I feel that way even, I mean, I was in Ohio a lot for a long time, graduated high school there and went back a couple years ago. And most of my friends either had moved or just moved on. And I was like, I'm going to call. Nope, nope, nope. And it was one yep. of those like, yeah, nobody in Ohio cares anymore. <laughs> yeah. Your life isn't here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's now somewhere else. Yeah. It's funny that you would say that. I don't, uh, I know every once in a while, Dan, you go back to Colorado, but like now I still have family in Wisconsin. But the funny thing is when I go back to where I grew up or where I went to college, like I, there's really nobody for me to hit up anymore. Like it's, yep. you just yeah. kind of go. Yeah. And at first you're a little bit, depressed about it but then you kind of yeah. go all right do i got the memories that i yeah. already lived that yeah, part yeah. of my life it's it's just funny how you have to learn how to oh, yeah. i went through the stage evo- of grief, i guess evo- i don't know what you would call that but like how do you deal with like all that stuff when you you're right. you're past i guess yeah. Yeah. how do you compartmentalize it i had yeah. a moment of anger like i don't need you i live in los angeles maybe you've heard of it <laughs> <laughs> yeah right then, yeah i got sad and then, then uh. i accepted it and they accepted it. Yeah, no, it's part. Of, it's part of moving on, man. One of my, I remember when my, well, when my dad died, then it was weird because then the dynamic changed, and you go back, and it's like, like you said, it's attached mm-hmm. to a lot of things. So then life is not the same. And then when my mom died, she hadn't lived there in a long time. But when I went back for her funeral, it was weird because then I started feeling like, man, I'm an orphan now. Like my, mm-hmm. like my, the thing that I most closely associated with my family, which was always the three of us, yeah. they're gone. The house is occupied by somebody else. So I drive by that house now and I'm just like, I look at it like it's somebody else's, I'm looking at somebody else's life, but then part of me is like, but I remember, but the house is, it's just, it's not, it's not my house anymore. It's funny you would bring that up because that's, sometimes that's how I feel about my past is when, when it gets about a decade or a good two decades out, of, if, if you haven't been around it. Sometimes you look back and you're like, was that a movie or a TV show yeah, I was watching mm-hmm. that yeah. I was starring mm-hmm. in? Or that yeah. I, you know, cause it doesn't seem, because it's not tangible anymore. You can't touch it. Your memories are just like watching a movie, right? right. You can't touch it anymore. So right. I did the same thing. I remember going past my old house and I'm like, I'm not feeling it. Like, I know I yeah. was there. Yeah, I know. But I don't feel We anything. drove past, like, I think it was four years ago we were back in North Carolina. I drove past my parents' house that, like, was really our ultimate landing spot after we came back from Mexico. Yeah. And then drove past the house that Janelle and I first owned. And it was one of those, I don't know, I just told her, I don't ever want to do this again. Because yeah. yeah. nobody's there, right? That place yeah. is dead to me yeah. kind of thing. And not that, like, we have such great memories there, but, like, all those people, thankfully, are still with us. Now they yeah. just live somewhere else. So the right. place loses its meaning. I think it is interesting when the people are gone. And eventually, the place yeah. take on a much more significant right. role. And eventually the people are not going to be around. So then what do we do with that? And that's, I mean, for me, that's when turn into scripture or something like I was reading Philippians today and was like, our, where's our treasure? Yeah. Our treasures in, you know, for me, knowing that my treasure is not here because this is all temporal, this is passing away because it really, I mean, you can talk about it all you want, but until it happens, then you're like, oh, because I, I, you know, I was, I considered myself a Christian before my folks died. But yeah. then when it really starts happening, all of it, you're like, wow, this is, this is true, man. This is all, None of none remember, of this is going to last. I remember a moment in college. This is like we talked about the other day. Yeah. Um, my parents dropped me off at college and then went back to Mexico. <clears throat> and so like I've been in the States for probably nine months, was really trying to figure life out, was totally lost. Mm-hmm. Like, <clears throat> you know, they talk about kids who are missionary kids or even other expats as third culture kids. You realize you're not American or, or Mexican in my case. I'm this weird hybrid. Mm-hmm. And so it was feeling like so displaced mm-hmm. and so like, I don't know where I belong. I don't know where my family is. Like mm-hmm. none of the homes I've lived in are now in our family. You mm-hmm. know, like I literally don't have my My home is this dorm room. Right. That's disgusting. Sterile, and, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and just reading, I was reading in, in the Bible and there's this passage that talks about, um, 
basically Paul's talking about how we're not home yet, but we look ahead to our heavenly home. And like that just resonated with me so deeply because I was feeling, I think what probably people a lot older than me feel, but not many yeah. people in college feel like I don't belong anywhere. Yeah. But just being reminded from a biblical standpoint that I have this home in heaven with my heavenly father that yeah. I think for me just put everything in perspective, like, okay, this dorm room, praise God, isn't it. <laughs> as nice as this wood paneling is, you know, the uh, iron mark on the carpet there. Oh, yeah, because it's a shock. And then I, that was weird. Like, now I didn't have that experience in college, but college was like I went to school on the East Coast. I grew up in Colorado, so it was just a weird cultural shift. And so I remember feeling that same way. Like, I'm in this basement. It's just weird. But then after four years, that's home. So then you got to start out. When I moved out here, you got to start out again. I was like, oh, I really miss that basement because that would be – you know what I mean? As, were you were – you, were you part of a crime? Why were you in a basement? Were you locked uh, up? Or are you I, okay? How long were you locked in the basement? I was, I was <laughs> locked. Years it was or? quite a while. I was punished severely because I was such a poor student. That's where they kept us. <laughs> you punished uh, you. In the basement, Dad. It was a self-punishment. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm a big believer in self-punishment. Well, the good thing you can't go to the basement here in California. So. Right. Speaking of earthquakes. You can't Speaking of quakes. Uh, it's a funny. You asked me about Thanksgiving and it got yeah. all the way to this. I will tell you, though... That the the whole point of never you can't you the, the lesson be learned is you you know you, you you can't go back or the lesson learned is don't get so hung up on you the actual material things right like all those things yeah. it's the memories you should carry with you all that stuff you're talking about the fires I mean listen sometimes you're gonna lose everything then what yeah oh yeah totally is are you only were you, was your only true value what was inside that house right. or is it what you carry with you right like all that stuff but I will say physically. If I learned anything from living in Southern California, to put a button on the you can't go back is some people do and they never leave. They they move back into their parents' houses yep. and they live there forever. And I got to be honest with you, my personal uh, sample size is they're a little bit weird. <laughs> so this is this is fascinating to me. It's fascinating to me too because I've got a few of them in my neighborhood and they are very difficult people to get along with. Now, if you're one of those people and you're listening right now, I want you to know that you're very difficult to get along. No, what I'm saying is that... <laughs> so thankful for you. It's, I said it's a small <laughs> sample size and it's just based on my opinion. That is yeah. not fact. Yeah. I'm just basing yeah, yeah. it on like yeah. uh, half jokingly of sure. like... But no, I do have friends in Ohio and they've like kicked me out of this group so I had to work through that. But like <laughs> they, they still live in the same area. They still hang out with the exact same people that they hung out with when we were in high school. Mm-hmm. They still go to the same church. I mean, like, it's like time has frozen. And, and I was mm-hmm. telling Janelle this last time we were back there that, like, we've moved three times to two different states. We've been in different jobs. We've gotten graduate degrees. Like, yeah. I've gotten to travel. And it's just funny to, like, go back. And it's like time has just frozen with this one group of people yeah. in this one area. Isn't like, it? That is interesting. Just, like, and what, I know they've changed, but it's just fascinating. Or, but but not much. And I think that that's the funny thing. You know, I'm I'm talking about the extreme of someone who never leaves their childhood home. Right. That's one. Yeah. Then yeah. there's Basically. some people that move back to their childhood home after yeah. their parents die, yeah. and and nothing changes in the house. They don't change anything in the house. They just move back in. Mm-hmm. Or like I have friends like that too from the Midwest that they just they they kind of hit a certain thing a, a plateau yeah. and they're like this is good we're good and again and i think we've talked about this as comedians like yeah. we always say hey our job because we're the vagabonds right we're yeah. the vaudevillians <laughs> we're the oh goodness Whoa. gracious <laughs> wow what is that why did it connect to your oh oh never know. mind i just yeah. almost asked a grandpa question <laughs> how did that, hey how does it get how on your that phone god that yellow gum? tooth i tell you what get off my lawn you right. dang kids um but, you know, we talk about like, you know, sometimes our job is to, we used to think our job was to entertain those that, you know, dream of doing things like we're doing, but yeah. they, they yeah. go, no, I'm just going to stay yeah. here at this level. It's and a comfort I, level. It's, I think it's it a comfort level. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. It's so I, I had this thought 
uh, at Thanksgiving. We were hanging out with a family we always hang out with. And like the last four years, they've just kind of invited us into their family. They've adopted us. And we kind of do the same thing with them. And I love tradition. Mm-hmm. And so we always like eat this meal and then go for a walk in, in the neighborhood. And I was thinking while I was walking, I was behind everybody and kind of looking at this family that adopted us and thinking they've done the same thing for probably 35 years in mm. the same area. And I was thinking I've lived in 16 plus houses and I know that I'm not done moving yet. Like yeah. the chances of me staying here are, are infinitesimal. Yeah. And just thinking about, I don't know what that's like. I don't know what it's like to live in one spot. You know, my wife lived in the same house her whole childhood until she moved. Yeah. Again, I lived in like five states. I lived internationally. I, I'm, I'm like really intrigued by that. But I also have to admit, for me, five years is about the time where it's like, yep, we should move. As I, I, said, I, I feel that right now. Trained, I think you're now yeah. phys- your, your body is physically, body and mind is physically trained to keep moving on. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you, Dan, you've lived here for quite a while. We've been here uh, 18 years, and I always say they're going to carry me out of this house in a body bag. So when you bought this place, probably like yeah. next in your month. Mo- yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Jared. Yeah. You're young. Oh, yeah, actually, Jared is packing up as we speak. He's he actually done. yeah. Hey, hey guys, it's about five years. I gotta fun. go, everybody. See ya. Jared's gonna be Thanks doing so this much. Uh, from a Bluetooth. From, no, yeah, 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 yeah. No. Yeah, well, when you moved in here, yeah. did you guys say to yourselves, "This is it. We could. This is fine." I mean, are you that type of person where you're like, "Yeah, well, unless yeah. something yeah. crazy dramatic happens in our lives, this this is a good landing spot." For me, I, I you know I, I I have quit trying to you know predict things. I, I don't know what God would have have for us, but yeah, at that time. We were like, let's get somewhere that we can grow into that hopefully we could stay somewhere because we'd moved, not, we hadn't moved a lot, but out here we did, lived in different apartments. And we were just like, you know, especially once you have a family, yeah. I grew up in the same house and it was beneficial for me, I think, to have that security when I came home from school or whatever I was doing. That was kind of always home, even though now it doesn't seem like home. But for that mm. time, it did give me comfort. So we thought, well, and Jill was the same way. Let's, if we can provide that for our kids. And it, so far, it's worked out that way. So we bought more house than we thought no we kids need. when you bought the house no we had one on it's the a, way danny was on the way okay as i said it's a big house yeah for seriously people man yeah <laughs> we rented a house place. this size when we were married and just us yeah we literally had three rooms that we just closed the door to and didn't have furniture <laughs> for. Literally, <laughs> i would vacuum it like once a month I'm yeah like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I think about it now and I'm like, because we, you know, our goal was, hey, let's let's move out to the suburbs. And that was kind of that was kind of the goal. And we lived in North Hollywood and and we're like, oh, we got to get out of here. But now, you know, uh, Tim Keller, who's a pastor in New York City, he's got this interesting philosophy where he set up his ministry and his church right in Manhattan because he's like, that's where people don't flee the city. Don't try to get out. People who who need to hear about God and need to hear God's word are, are that's where they are. Go where they are and go where you can be productive and help the community, not flee. And I think about that now, and I'm like, man, if I knew then what I know now, I don't know if we would have done this. I, I didn't have an understanding of that then. I might have tried to stay there. Where were you? Uh, North, Hollywood, North Hollywood, which is not necessarily no. urban, but it's not Valencia either. You know, it's not like Paseos and gated communities and stuff like that. So I don't know. Everybody's different. You know, I guess you just, everybody has a different. Uh, yeah, but you're positioning home. it like you fled. You didn't fled. You just found a place that you wanted to yeah, live. Well, it's where it was affordable. And then, too, you okay. know, it's like with good schools and we're safe and everything. But, okay. you know, no, you it can, was grapes of wrath. Like you had a clapboard <laughs> truck, right? And you. Hey, come on, here. let's go. I really like it. Come on, Lenny. Let's go out to Valencia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. Oh, grapes. So, we're supposed to talk about justice, but I want to I want to go with what's organic here. Yeah, oh, organic is me. good. Can we do that? I've got some tomatoes free Speaking range organic. Listen, if you yeah. guys want to stick on topic, 
you should do two things. One, don't have me on the show because obviously it never <laughs> sticks on topic. <laughs> and two, don't ask me questions up top that have are not I don't related to justice. I'm, I'm admitting I, I would much rather just have a free flowing conversation. He's throwing caution to the wind, Brian. Oh, is this your new thing before you move? It is. <laughs> Listen, this is probably my last before podcast. Before you move. Yeah. We, um, Jared, we you know just, it's been five years. I we gotta got go. a Conestoga wagon out front, and we're going to go to Portland. <laughs> we're not letting you leave. How's that? Oh, we're going to chain you to Grace Baptist Church. Yes. 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 Right. Yeah. Um, I'm curious your thoughts. I've been curious about your thoughts on the afterlife or eternity, right? So let me give a little, me give a little preface here. <clears throat> a little theological impetus, if you will. Uh, like what I was talking about, I think I'm fascinated by and thankful for the way the Bible talks about that this earth isn't it on so many levels. I mean, like, I I think I'm in the career field I wanted to be. I, I probably hit most of the benchmarks I had for myself, which probably speaks about how low benchmarks I'd set for myself in life. <laughs> um, but definitely have had the... Uh, I was joking with my wife that I don't have like a uh, midlife crisis right now. I'm having a this is life crisis. Like this is everything I hoped it would be. And it's still not like, wow, everything's awesome. Like I have a, a truly wonderful life, but there's still kind of this angst whether to move or not. Um, and I think from a biblical standpoint, we situate that in we were made for more, right? This, not that, not that we're escapist in how we think about our time on this earth, but we were made for eternity. We were made to, to be in relationship in, in living communion with the Father, and that's ultimately where our home is. So I think all throughout the Bible, look at the story of Abraham, look at how the Apostle Paul writes, um, there's this hope that in the midst of the affliction that just comes from living in a broken world, be it disease or interpersonal conflict or pets dying or whatever that would be, um, that what gives us hope and anchors us is that we kind of have this longing for more and eternity in our hearts, which I think really resonates not just with my own heart where I'm at, but even as I get to pastor people who go through hard times or uh, just kind of what I see in them. So I'm curious from your vantage point, um, what do you think about the afterlife? I mean, you might not even or is acknowledge there that. Or yeah. is there one? I mean, what do you think from about perspective? Is there anything beyond this world or in the grave that's it? And I'm I'm asking this sincerely, so you can just poo-poo it if you want. But do you ever feel like a longing, like there should be something beyond this life? Brian, your thoughts? Before I answer that question, I do have a question for you. Sure. Explain to me what you actually, in layman's terms, not in your Christianese terms, in layman's terms. That's the terms, name of the podcast, Brian. <laughs> in layman terms, what you think happens and where you go after death like what does it look like that's yeah. what i mean explain it to me what it looks like or what you think it feels like yeah or what you believe i'm not like. sure the bible's really specific okay about- but i'm curious as to because because that that will parlay into my answer i'm curious okay. i want it from both of you guys please jared uh so i think the bible's really clear about this there's a passage that talks about to be absent from the bodies to be present with the lord right so from a biblical standpoint in the moment of death um, well, let me back up. The Bible talks about having material and immaterial, right? That there's this material body, but there's also a spiritual component that we would call immaterial. That it's not, you can't cut me open and find that, but it's still there. It's a life force uh, or a spirit is how the Bible talks about that. So at the moment of death, as your material ceases to exist, right? Uh, the breath stops, the heart stops beating, all that. Then your immaterial, um, which isn't bound by time and space, right? Um, is I don't like transported because that makes it sound like super sci-fi, and I don't think we're not there. You're right? laymaning. You're laymaning. La- laymaning it. Laymaning it. Laymaning. I want to lamain a few a few more <laughs> terms here. Um, so when the material or when the material dies, the material is present with God in an immaterial realm, 
right? So it's not like if you send a rocket ship up into space, if you go high enough and you permeate the heaven, non-heaven barrier, then you can get there, right? Um, so there's this reality in which at the moment of death, you're present with the Father. I think the way the Bible generally talks about what the afterlife looks like um, is that as we kind of wait God wrapping up everything here on earth, and the Bible does talk about there being an end, I don't think it has to look like that Nicolas Cage movie Left Behind or some other bad movie. Well, movies. now we know what kind of stuff you watch on Netflix, but I don't know that movie. I'm sorry. Good. I'm going to go ahead. Please don't watch it. Yeah. Please, that's not a good representation of any number of things about Christianity, <laughs> not the least of which is because Nicolas Cage is portraying it. Yeah. Um, Patient. He's a national treasure, I'll have you know. He's a national treasure. Good one. Good. Thank that you. Good. Drive safely. Good night, well, everybody. Let's just shut this down. Yeah. Um, I, I think the Bible that when when time wraps up here on earth, then there's going to be a sense in which God is going to recreate the earth and recreate it as it was meant to be. And I think ultimately long term, um, that rather than us being babies with wings and diapers and harps kind of floating on clouds, or rather than what a lot of people think, like, I'm just going to play golf in heaven forever uh, with Bill Clinton. Um I think the way the Bible talks about the afterlife is God's going to recreate earth, and we're going to be in, a, in an existence that's similar to here. So we'll have jobs and relationships and And it talks about we're going to have a new body and a new... Oh, yeah, we'll have a new body. So yeah. the, the curse of sin, the curse of disease, the curse of relational conflict, the curse of guilt, the curse of entropy will have been removed. So it will be in existence really as God intended it prior to the curse of sin. Does that make sense? Is that fair? You want to add anything to that? I was just going to say, it's, it is it is very clear because, again, we get this, and I think non-Christians get this idea of like, like because we see it portrayed, it's little babies with wings and harps and you're in heaven. But the Bible is clear about talking about there we will have physical bodies, a new body with no Immediately, more, do you think? No, not immediately because it— So it, that's what I'm asking yeah. you. What are you Your at spirit, at, at death, your— I, I don't. It, it doesn't describe exactly, but we're spirit no, no, what, in the presence what, of God. You know I'm saying what you're interpreting. What do you yeah. think? What you guys think it is yeah. based on your understandings of it? Like, yeah. what do you think you become? Yeah. At so I death? think you. I mean, again, besides, I get, I get the end game part of it, but sure. what do you believe that you are at death? I think you're immaterial at that point. Okay. I think the way the Bible talks about it uh, is like in First Corinthians 15, in First Thessalonians 4, uh, talks about how there's going to be a resurrection of our physical body and a remaking of that. Right, but that happens later. That happens later on. Same people, same wife, same kids, same family, same that's, everything. That's complicated. I don't know. Okay, I think that, the Bible. I mean, I, the Bible's I, not I, super curious. clear. Yeah. The Bible does say that, there's no marriage. In yeah, the Bible. Well, I case. asked that because, like, in one of the episodes previous, you said, "I don't know if I'm going to see my dad right. ever again." Yeah. So I asked that question again because, well, what do you mean by? So that's why I was curious. What you think the afterlife is like? How do you see? I think the yeah. Bible is also clear that your dad. Does that make sense? Like yeah. I'm trying to, I'm yeah. trying to understand that. Sure, that there's eternal judgment, right, um, for those who have not been in Christ, and I think that's not something that like Christians love to talk about, but it's something that's very clearly articulated in Scripture that every person is an eternal person. So in the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon talks about how God has put eternity in the heart of man. Like yeah. there's this this sense of eternity that we that most people have, whether we acknowledge it or not, and the reason that's there is because every person is an eternal soul, right? And there's a sense in which those who, in a Christian standpoint, have been saved from their sin by the work of Christ get to spend eternity with Christ, and those who have not get to spend eternity apart from Christ in judgment. Which would be, you know, in layman's terms, like hell. And again, hell, and we've gotten, you know, we've gotten people who've, 
listen to the podcast and we've described hell as like it's described as as fiery and 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 things like that in the Bible and a lot of that is symbolic language we know whatever it is it's it's horrible it's an absence of God and it's eternal suffering according to the biblical worldview so it's damnation I guess is what you would call it. I mean it's it's eternal suffering and right. whatever form that is I don't know if it's hellfire I don't know but it's certainly something that I wouldn't want to experience and i think the the big impetus so what makes heaven wonderful and what makes hell horrible from a biblical standpoint is either the presence or the absence of god yeah i still have a can wait so i totally understand what you guys are talking about (laughs) so what um, which one warren Beatty? yeah warren Warren Beatty. Beatty yes okay good wait what is that uh by the way if you watch it it. oh you gotta watch it but i will tell you heaven can watch and watching yeah it's 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 a it's a class it it, you probably it may not resonate again i think it's more of a dan and i that's our generation because i did watch it again i think it's on Prime or Netflix. This guy's a star yeah. athlete. He dies. They put him back in another body so he can, uh, you know, he because they made a mistake they in heaven. Hijinks, but thoroughly entertaining. Oh, it probably yeah. happens all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All the mistaken yeah. body thing. Yeah. But I got to be honest with you, they really yeah. chopped that movie. Like, when you, yeah. you should watch it again now based okay. on the way you see storytelling okay. now. And you're like, hey, guys, guys, what, what, what just happened there? <laughs> like, because back, you know, you don't yeah, yeah. remember it that yeah. way back in oh, the yeah. day. But you see it now. Anyway. You see it now. So, before I get to my answer, I have another question for you okay. guys based on that, what yes. you just said. What about babies? What about people that um, have um, uh, an inability to communicate um, and they die before, in, 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 in your terms, they find Christ? How, how is that fair to them? How do you wrap that into death okay. and uh, the fair. afterlife? Fair question. Fair question, and and I think probably one of the more difficult ones. Like it's kind of a, a non funny joke in Christian evangelical circles that like if you really want to stump somebody, you're like uh, you know, hi, my name is Jared. Real quick, where do babies go when they die? Right? Because that's just a hard, it's a hard thing to work out. In as much as there's not chapter and verse that, in as much as a child is under eleven and they perish, that you know that we don't have that. So I think the the best explanation that I can come to, both as a um, aspiring theologian and as a dad um, is that that God's love and mercy is such um, that were someone to perish with faculties that could not have the chance to respond to the gospel then God and his mercy has done a pursuing work in their life and the Bible doesn't really explain what that looks like but I have a, a cousin who has cerebral palsy who is blind and deaf um, who can't really eat on her own cannot speak from birth from birth. Mm. Um, my uncle uh, had um, severe uh, mental damage and was never even really to carry on a conversation. Was still, you know, obviously uh, he lived in, into his 30s and I remember growing up with him. My mom grew up taking care of him. Um, but but somebody who would come to church and be around that but wasn't really ever able to respond. So the Bible doesn't tell us, you know, up until the age of five, you know, you hear Catholics and others talk about the age of accountability, Right. Um, I don't know that we could, the Bible's not clear on that, so we couldn't pinpoint what that is. But I, I would just say this, kind of principially, that God's mercy is such um, that that he would pursue and include those in his plan to save people. Because from a Christian standpoint, it's ultimately not me who saves myself. It's God's pursuing, and we would say electing love, that brings me into relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that God does that work in the lives of of babies who die and and people who don't have the faculty to respond to that okay fair enough 
And you could even extend that to like my daughter and I were having a conversation the other night. She was like, what happens to somebody? It's another question that you throw at theologians when you want to stump them. Somebody who's on a on an island uh, off the coast of Africa and they've never heard about Christ. And then are they going to are they going to go to hell because they've never they've never heard about Christ. So we were having that whole conversation. Yeah. And so there's a there's a, an evangelical guy named David Platt who has answered the question, you know, what about the innocent person in Indonesia who's never heard the gospel? Mm-hmm. Um, and his response, which I think is, is helpful and, and maybe hard to understand if you don't fully embrace a, an evangelical framework, but would say there's no such thing as an innocent person in Indonesia, right? So in the book of Romans, Paul talks about the fact that God has revealed through nature, through what we call general revelation, his existence, such that should lead people to pursue trying to find out what that God is like. But I think with, with children and with people with serious special needs, we're talking about a different category there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, mm-hmm. go ahead. So uh, does that, do those answers? You, you might not agree with you, that. That might rub you the wrong uh, way. I, you guys, well, no. I, you guys answered it in a way that it wasn't a sales pitch. You answered how you, I was curious how you guys right. see it. How we see and it. Like yeah, how yeah. you understand. Yeah. What and it is. That's complicated. I, you know, we uh, had a, it's extremely complicated. And and that reason why I was asked you guys that question yeah. is because I don't know where I stand on the whole thing because it's very complicated. So I I, I have a very specific memory growing up that I, I had to have been less less than eight years old. Okay. And um I you know, I, at that point my family and I were still going to the church, Catholic Church in Illinois before we moved, and I remember I don't know what it was that was going on in my life or at some point or whatever. And I remember my mom was doing dishes and I walked in in the backyard and I must have just had that thought. I was like, yeah. well, you know, mom, are, are you going to, I just walked in. I'm like, mom, are, are you going to die? Mm. And wow. she was like, yeah, well, you know, I mean, everybody, you know, eventually dies and, you know, goes to heaven or whatever. And it was that I remember like, like leaving and going into the garage and like crying for a really long time. Cause I couldn't, well, one, you'd be like, Oh my God, my parents are going to yeah, right. you realize yeah, your parents right. are not immortal. Yeah. What? First off, they're not the superheroes you thought they were. Right. <laughs> but I think, and I think to this day, I think this is the confusion that I still have internally is I don't know which one is better. Yeah. What do you mean? Like meaning that I, I'll never forget the, my thought of losing my parents and yeah. then the Fear of eternal life, mm-hmm. of like it never ends, that scared me. Yeah. Does that totally. make sense? Yeah, it does. Totally. Yeah, like totally. that, there was a fear of that too. And it's saying, what if, and and then what? And where? And what is that? And yeah. is it always going to be like, is there always going to be something, especially if you're feeling like anxiety or, or like certain things in your life, you're like, does that never go away? Like you start getting all these things. Or if you just kind of go, what if I don't like it? Like, you know, what I mean, you start getting scared of like, what if I don't understand it? Like you, 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 it's the fear of the unknown, right? Absolutely. And so then you got the other side of like, it just goes to black and you're like, it's just done. Well, I won't know. Yeah. I have no. Yeah. Well, when it's done, it's done. You find out when you're done, right? Yeah. One way or another, you're going to find out, right. you know, what the answer is, you know? And then there's other friends of mine that are like, dude, you see all those stars up there? I'm like, yeah, like, that's us, man. That's just us. We're up yeah. there somewhere. Like yeah. they're very vague about it, but yeah. they kind of just go, this is just a vessel. We go somewhere, you know, the life force, like what you were talking yeah. about earlier, the life force goes somewhere. Um, I think there's just kind of a vague spiritual uh, answer for some people. So like, to be honest with you, you know, I don't, I have no idea. I have gotcha. no idea how I feel about it at this point or, nor, nor do I have any current uh, drive 
to yeah get to, to find to, out to find out right now right. i'm kind of like focused on the now right like the living you know sure. and that's i think part of that is a defense mechanism because we all have kids and stuff like that so right your focus yeah. is on that there's not and, much time to think. Of well it's also scary i mean uh, to be does that honest that's what i said to it you does guys? Like, it makes complete like, sense but it's also scary i would add that for me like it's scary to think about death and everything because even though i know from 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 the Bible, I know where I'm going to go, and I have every confidence in that. Still, the process of death, like I heard R.C. Sprawl, who's another preacher and, and 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 theologian, he talked about, yeah, you know, I'm I'm scared of pain at the end. I'm scared of the actually what what happens, but I'm not scared of 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 what happens when I'm there because he had every assurance that he would be in Christ. But but yeah, it's a, it's a it's a it's a scary thing, and the other thing I would add to what you said, because the, the the ideas that you put forth are, you know, if there is, if you don't like it, if it happens, or if you're just black. But I would also add that the that was racist. Right, everything <laughs> goes to black, not you are black. I think there's a uh, no. I, there's I a distinction it, there. It goes to the blacks. Is that uh, wrong? Okay, okay. hashtag me too. That's a different theology altogether. Yeah, continuing to. <laughs> but but if you add to the third thing to that is, what if there's eternal punishment and and what would that be? Would would you want? Because I, I mean, I think that's another option that we can't overlook too. What if? What if the Bible's right? And what if there is? Yeah, and like I said, I'm not. I haven't really gotten into uh, uh, into great depth with that stuff. Gotcha. But, gotcha. But you know what? What's interesting um, to circle back. It's actually, this in its own natural way, it's so organic. <laughs> going going back to Dan was making a reference to something that I wrote uh, um, about about the death of the cat and. Yeah. And I write little anecdotes. They're more about how family, you know, it was more about the family, yeah. you know, how we dealt with it. I really like appreciate it, by the way. I don't like this term because it's overplayed, but the authenticity of that. Yeah. I, I think that too. was, I mean, as a dad, I think that's just helpful oh, you, to you hear. you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, uh, we read it. Sorry. We read yeah. it. We've, I, we've I, talked about it. It's great. Um, but to add another, like, l- l- wrench into the confusion yeah. is when you go through it, and I remember thinking to myself, gosh, if there is something greater, why does the body have such a visceral reaction oh yeah to death. to death i mean literally just like your body crumbles and the and the pain that comes out of it oh yeah and processing it creates another level of like if if there is more why is the body reacting so violently towards the loss does that make sense but i think i would from my vantage point i would think about that inverted like the reason i feel that visceral reaction is it's not supposed to be this way. There's right. supposed to be more. Like it's not supposed to be everything goes to black as in no lights, right? It's not yeah. supposed to be that way. I, I was made to not be in a place where there's death. And obviously there's something around me. Um, we would call that sin and the brokenness of sin that that has made it this way because in my heart, I feel like this shouldn't happen. And I think that is probably a way to think about what Solomon talks about, that God has put a heart, eternity in our hearts that I... I don't know that I everybody can explain it, but there's this deep visceral feeling that this shouldn't be this way. Yeah. It's like that fairy tale that's implanted in our heart, happily living happily ever after, forever. I mean, it's that that kind of eternity that that we I think we And and I'm and I'm curious, like yeah. I've always grown up in an evangelical worldview. Never mm-hmm. never really stepped outside of that. Mm-hmm. And so from your vantage point, are, are there times when you feel like there must be something more, or does that seem like a weird abstraction to you that doesn't? No, I think. I mean, again, it, this is just opinion based, but yeah. I think every human being looks up at the sky and goes, yeah. 
what is this? Yeah. What is this all about? Like, yeah. I'm, and look, you could go eight different ways to try to get an answer to that. But I think everybody thinks about it and everybody and certain people have different answers. Ultimately, I just yeah. don't, I have not, I, you know, stuck my toe in the water a little bit. And we've talked about the fact that obviously, you know, I was born in the Midwest. And so I grew up in the Catholic church. So there was this underlying, like very early on in my life, yeah. what I've been told. So there is that part of it that I grew up with. But yeah, I mean, I, but I, I, you know, I guess it's just one of those things where it's just like, I just don't know. It's like, I think every day. Yeah is a new day where we try to make sense of certain things. And I know you guys reference it a lot. And just so you know, this is the way I, I see from your guys' standpoint, you guys reference this a lot as, as brokenness. I don't. I, I, I think we're, we're basically talking about the same things. You guys just have a different uh, view of it. But every day I look at it and go, all right, you know, the world is kind of jankety and I got to, yeah. you know. That's a theological term too, I gotta, jankety. jankety. <laughs> yeah. I have jankety. to straighten it up as much as I possibly can to survive it every single day. It's like, yeah. it's, it's, it's that new day of trying to survive. What What is it that is going to be put in front of you today that's going to yeah. have to, that's going to help you get through the day kind of thing. You guys call it the brokenness and yeah. and the sin and stuff like that. I just kind of look at it like, I don't know what's going to happen. Today. Jankety, yeah. Everybody always asks me like, what, do you, how, what are you going to do today? And I always answer, I know my wife drives her nuts. I always go, oh. <laughs> and I know it sounds like I'm being a teenager with a cell phone, Nothing, like staring whatever. out the window. But what I mean by that, in all unfairness, what I mean by that is that I've got things I'm planning on doing today, yeah. but I can't guarantee like Dan's door, I, get I can't guarantee you that that, that door is going to get fixed today. Actually, no. Seven other things might happen. Oh, here it comes. I feel like we are sure about Dan's door that it won't be fixed and there will be no key wash coming through the so garage. You're Dan's really made a decision. Yeah, you guys. Is that, oh, this there's is, a fatalism to that door there. <laughs> this is inside baseball right here. I'm not even going to get it. I'm not going to dignify this with a response because America doesn't care. No, I think they do. I'm curious. You said two things that, that I find really interesting. One that most people look up at the sky and do feel like, is there more? Yeah. You know, I definitely feel that. I think the Bible addresses that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I was talking about in Romans 1. That's like, God, there's got to be something. Um, but then you also said... Do they say it exactly like just that? Just like, a, bah! Bah! <laughs> what even is this? Zoinks. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jeez, and crackers. Well, I always thought Zoinks came from Scooby-Doo. It came no, no, from... No, it's no, from it's from Ecclesiastes. Yeah, it is. Uh, Three, okay. uh, <laughs> one through six. Chapter 46, verse four. Yeah. Um, but having that sentiment then... Um, but you also expressed, you know, I'm just, I don't think about that a lot. I'm focused on what's going on here right now. So how do you, That's AD. is, That's is AD. there That's tension in, in your life in that? Do you feel those moments of like, maybe I should settle this in my mind? What is it? I'm, I'm not asking this well. I'll try to ask this better. What is it that would cause you or other people to look up and go, maybe there's more than what I see, but then to turn away from that and just kind of go back to the here and now and not seek to wrestle with that big existential question? I'm not interested. Okay. Right now? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I mean, in, to, to, to simplify it, I mean, that's the only thing I can say to you is like, I guess I'm just not interested. I'm interested in so many other things right now. Yeah. Now, I will also tell you, um, this is where, and I've been fortunate, and Dan has been unfortunate. Dan has, to, has, has dealt with mm. far more death in his family than I have. I've been very fortunate at this point that I've, I've had very little interaction Mm-hmm. with it so maybe as time goes on and more mm-hmm. and more of that happens sadly it will and i'm not in denial i mean it's ridiculous but yeah to, if to be in denial but i guess maybe at that point i may re address yeah, it and sure. confront it but right now makes sense yeah 
I get does that, that. Does that it, yeah. it makes perfect sense because those are milestones that make you, I know as much as I'd ever thought about it before as a Christian, there's nothing like looking at a dead carcass, which, I mean, to be fair, you I'm haven't sorry, had that I'm in sorry, your... Can you just readdress what you just said? Dead carcass. No, no, the whole sentence. Well, no, but to be fair, I mean, once you once you <laughs> look at that? once you look at somebody dead, like I looked at my mom and she looked like a wax figure. I mean, yeah, I was just yeah. like, that's not... Right. Well, the, it goes back to the vessel, right? Right. The vessel, they're not there. It's, it's, they're not there. And I was like, that's nothing about what made my mom my mom is there so i mean that also solidifies that search and like you said when that happens that may or may not be a catalyst for you but you found somebody i mean i don't want to tip too much just because i don't know how much of this one you want to talk on the air but you've found a body it sounds like a movie about it plenty but okay so brian found (laughs) a long story that cannot be shared today but no but when you find when you see that you know what i'm talking about there's something about the body not illuminated by whatever makes us us jared and i would say it's the spirit but whatever that is that spark when it's gone yeah you realize oh my yeah. gosh and that for me is why cap- weekend at bernie's is such a ridiculous kind <laughs> exactly. of thing right right exactly and and it makes me think every time i think don't of wreck death, movies sorry <laughs> sorry every time i think of death though and i see that i know that that we continue in some form because there's just no way that at that energy that animates this shell just disappears right. for me. Did we right. have, real quick, because I, I think yeah. this might help give you guys some understanding of, yeah. of like how I... Did we talk about my neighbor's death on this show ever? I don't. I don't think we have. We should do. We should do we that. Alluded next. to it. I don't think. Should we, we do that next episode? Well, if you want to just continue to talk about death, I don't know if people find this topic to be morbid. Like I don't know if anybody. Nobody's cares. listening, so, Brian. Nobody cares. cares. I want to go for a nice walk and listen to. You it's know, our. More it's death our podcast. Talk. I don't care. They can get their own podcast. Well, there, yeah. I, I'm, I'm happy commercial. to do that. <laughs> um, if if you want, because there's yeah. an interesting something really interesting happened. So that. let's let's save that. Can we save that yeah, for next can time? Can we put but a you, pin in that, Brian? Uh, okay. Oh, gosh. I love the pin. All right. I think that's uh, about all the time we have for today because uh, we've taken up enough of Brian's time, and Jared's getting ready to move, so we have to hurry this along. Literally, so get the, uh, the U-Haul's out here. I'm going to yeah. walk out. Because it's been uh, five years, and you know, in my internal clock, every five years, I like to move. Anchorage, here we come. Jeez. Oh, all right. Uh, hey, thanks for joining us. If you would, please give us a review. Give us a, a star, what have you. A hug? Or five. Uh, or a hug. Yeah, or a or five. five stars. Yeah. Uh, at, uh, you know, wherever you get your podcast, we would love that. We are Christianese, and we will see you next time. Ooh.